Hey, everybody, it's Anna. Before Ashley and I start talking, listen to this message from our friends at Fertility Rally. Hey, everyone, it's Allie and Blair, the co-founders of Fertility Rally, and we wanted to tell you about an amazing event we're hosting on Saturday, April 17th. The event is called Fertility Rally Live, an all-day virtual celebration of the infertility community for anyone and everyone building their modern families and seeking empowerment, education, support, and community. Our speakers are some of the biggest names and brightest minds in the infertility community and beyond. Our morning keynotes are Mina Starsiak hawk and Steve Hawk from HGTV's Good Bones. And our afternoon keynote is Jessica Zucker, PhD and author of the acclaimed memoir, I Had a Miscarriage. In addition to those two amazing keynotes, we're hosting a couples panel, a female physicians panel, and 16 breakout sessions covering everything we could squeeze into one day, including surrogacy, IVF, pregnancy after infertility, male factor infertility, donor conception, embryo adoption, recurrent pregnancy loss, and so much more. There will also be tons of giveaways all day long from fertility-friendly and wellness brands. And of course, a happy hour with a very special guest, a VIP after party, and a virtual swag bag worth hundreds of dollars. If you or someone you know is navigating infertility, you will love our event. We are here to empower and educate you and have some fun along the way, of course. Tickets are on sale now at fertilityrally.com. Head over to our IG at Fertility Rally for even more info on speakers and tickets. We can't wait to rally with you. Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hi, everyone. It's Anna. And it's Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you guys are safe, healthy, and well. So excited about our guest today. She's going to talk to about us about education. I've been educating my kids from home for almost a year now. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, when I say I've been educating them, I say their school, they've been doing virtual school. But mm-hmm. anyways, I am so excited to introduce our, our guest, Tara Dilas. So she is founder of Big World of Little Dude. Little Dude is her therapy dog. And Kara is teaching kindness to children all around the world as an author and an educator. She's, she's originally from Australia. She lives in New York City with her therapy dog, Little Dude. We're, she's joining us today from Australia due to everything going on with the, with the pandemic. So Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you both. Yeah. yeah. So great. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about Big World of Little Dude and how you got started doing what you do. Sure. So my background's in education. Um, I'm primary school or elementary school teacher. And when I moved to America, uh, I started to work in the early childhood uh, with children that were younger. And uh, I got a dog, Little Dude. And he's like the sweetest little fluff ball of love. And he's just divine and brought our family so much happiness that I decided to train to become a therapy dog team with the Good Dog Foundation. And then it was just through that experience that I realized that being kind to other people in our community, how, uh, you know, how important that was and what an impact that made 
on both myself and the person who I was visiting with little dude. So we would mm-hmm. visit pediatrics ICU, uh, charter school for autism. Um, we visited uh, old aged care facilities and uh, ACS, which is the foster care system. And so we've just seen like a whole part of society that is a little bit hidden as well. So it's just about bringing awareness to that as well. But it's just the idea of delivering kindness and it doesn't take a lot and you don't have to know the person either. And so I wanted to teach that idea to the children in in the classroom where I was. So I started to bring in little dude to the classroom to share his story about what we do and to teach about kindness. That's kind of the essence of how it all began. And then I really started to see an unmet need in classrooms. Why aren't we teaching social and emotional skills explicitly? Thank you. We teach teach reading. We teach writing. We teach, which is also foundational. But why aren't we teaching our children in early childhood? What is kindness? What is manners? What is empathy? How do we uh, approach differences? You know, what are similarities? What are differences? And why are we teaching this in a very explicit way? So I wrote a book series based on Big World of Little Dude, teaching children about emotions, feelings, respect, empathy, manners. And I wrote a curriculum that went along with the books. And then I started to teach this in schools. And then from that, I... um, sort of saw how it worked what didn't work and then I did a next iteration of book series which is the latest so they're books that you can sing and read so then the uh, books are set to music um, because I think music is a great way for children to learn um, especially for auditory learners and then there's a guide in the back of each book so it's something that when you're at home or you're in school with parents I mean when you're at home with your children um, and parents have the language that they can use. So like the how-to guide extends each theme of the book. And so, because that's what I like, I find as a parent that um, it's finding that language to use with your children. Right. Yeah. Uh, trying to discuss social and emotional skills. So it's like, I'm trying to help the parents as right. well as the children. So you said, you said that you traveled to different schools to, to do that right so do you go to like private schools are you in public schools because uh, you were a teacher yes right? uh so i taught at Westside montessori school in manhattan and that's where i sort of uh seeded the program and they were amazing um they let me go into every classroom and teach the curriculum when it, like when i first wrote it and they've been extremely supportive throughout my journey but i went into a lot of uh, libraries So New Mm -hmm. York Public Library, libraries in New Jersey as well. Um, And then I did a lot of readings at bookstores. So it was accessible, not just to to school children. Um, I kind of try to capture a range of children and bookstores throughout the city. Right. How did did the kids take to it? Oh, well, that's the thing. When I started to bring Little Dude into the classroom, he was an extremely engaging teaching tool. Right. So the kids were so like enamored by little dude and that they loved his story and they really connected with his story. And then I was like, well, little dude, you know, embodies exactly kindness and all the, you know, the themes I'm trying to teach. And so it's a very engaging teaching tool. And then if you don't have the 
book, I made a plush doll of big uh, of little dude and his best friend bird, and they go on adventures together. So, um, so far, their adventures have been about friendship, so about how they met and like what being a friend is. And then I did one about brain vacation, a guide to meditation, so about self regulation using breathing. And then my latest book is talking about courage. So, yes, I can. A guide to courage is you know, talking about, like, I guess, uh, resilience, fear of failure, it brings up those themes. Um, but for really young children. Right. So I want to back up for a second, because, you know, and I think part of the reason why it sounds like you launched Big World Little Dude is that when you move from Australia to the US, you say that you notice an apparent gap in social and emotional development for young children. I'm so interested in what you see as the differences between um, Australian and U.S. early childhood education being having, you know, a preschooler at home right now? Sure. Um, well, at, like, as we were mentioning before about culture, it's a different culture. And also we're very outdoor culture in Australia. So there's like a lot of emph- emphasis on play and outdoor, like healthy eating is infused within the school. Like that's a very important thing, part of um <clears throat> the school curriculum here. But in terms of social and emotional learning, actually in America, there is like, since I began Big World of Little Dude to now, there has been a shift in um, in policy about social and emotional skills. And actually in America, they've got the best research and they've got way more programming in America really targeting integrated social and emotional learning, which is awesome. It's like, so you can teach an explicit program, but you can also insert social and emotional learning in your English curriculum, in your math curriculum. And so integrate it with what you're already teaching. So that's quite big in the States. Um, So actually, and then here it's still like character education and values and feelings. Whereas I think there that as coming from New York, especially they had um, really great programming. They're starting to have really great programming for social and emotional learning. Like it's really now a buzzword, I guess you could say. I would would agree with you. Um, I know a lot of teachers. My sister is a teacher and um, I, I really hear um, how they talk, especially the ones who are in earlier education, you know, the grade school. Um, I really hear them talk about the changes and what they're they're trying to do, you know, so that's really interesting. Yeah, and then I think, you know, there's a lot of research that it really helps build community when you have, like, when children understand social and emotional, like, from personal perspective, it helps them feel more comfortable in the classroom. So they're going to have like more empathy for the students in their classroom instead of, you know, bullying, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think is like great that they have all the anti-bullying stuff. But for me, that's a band-aid. Like why aren't we teaching our kids from very young what empathy is? And maybe then children wouldn't be bullying. Um, Yeah. And then also it leads to academic success. Because children are better placed to learn. And so there's like a very strong correlation between social and emotional learning and academic achievement. Do you think that here in the States, and I'm not sure how long you've been in Australia, but do you think that the pandemic perhaps accelerated um, 
our understanding of why emotional learning is is is, is so important. And the reason uh, there was a, a friend of mine is a is a principal, and he told me that there were that especially in his younger kids, some of the younger girls did not want to turn. This is last spring, did not want to turn their cameras on. Because they didn't want people into their bedrooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a big deal, you know, for us. And, you know, I say that knowing that Ashley and I are in our offices and, you know, you're at your house. But I guess I myself, because my kids are older, never would have thought about having allowing somebody into my bedroom. But it's very, very personal for a lot of children. So I wonder if this played a role in, like I said, the acceleration of what we're learning about that. I would say if you're at a school where you're, it's, wonderfully funded and you've got parents who are active and it's at a you know depends on the social economic area of the school um yeah there will be an emphasis on mental health because they have the resources but on the flip side in schools where children don't have access to the internet children don't have a computer like you don't realize there's like a lot of children in america who don't have access to internet who don't have a computer what happens if you have four children and you only have one phone how are you going to online learn so for students in that situation i feel like the academic gap is going to get wider that they don't have time they don't have the resources to even emphasize social and emotional learning so i feel like there will be a like i feel like there's going to be an education gap um, that's going to widen due to the coronavirus um, but yeah i think that social and emotional learning i just know that because i'm involved in a lot of communities that they're trying to push it but like a lot mm-hmm. of school have lost funding what are the first things they're going to cut? Well, kids need to know how to read, so we're going to cut the social and emotional learning stuff because we want our kids to read. So I think it just very much depends where you're located. What about, so, yeah, I mean, because it sounds like it may or may not be offered in schools, but, but like, let's talk about bringing it back at the home too. But give us some, because I think a lot of our audience and listeners are parents. Um mm-hmm love to hear some tips that you might have that things that we can start doing today to teach our kids that sure um i would say start with books because as i said it's all about the language that you use and if you have age appropriate books it gives you the language to use with your children and i would start with uh emotions and feelings so talking about emotions and feelings and giving words to feelings when they're having, when they're angry I, and, and acknowledging their feelings too. I think that's a really big one. I see that you're really angry and like not go on about it in the moment because obviously if your kid is having a huge emotion, they're not going to want to have a deeper meaning conversation about it. Right. So just saying like, I see you, I see that you're angry. And then when they're calmed down, you can talk about different emotions. So like I, I have emotion books they're these really great feeling books um, and like it goes angry, happy, sad, jealous, you know, and so you can kind of have that language and they have examples within the book. So I think feelings is a big thing because we, I have lots of feelings during the day, but I'm an adult so I can emotionally regulate, but not all the time. Sometimes you lose it, right? Mm-hmm. So you can understand that kids are processing a lot of stuff especially now there's like a lot of pressure everything has changed 
they're at home, they're not being social, like you can understand why your children will have a lot of fluctuating emotions. So I think yeah. talking about feelings and giving them names is a great, uh, is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we use books a lot. Uh, my own books, but a lot of other books. There's amazing books out there that can really help you help your children sort of can- unpack whatever's going on. So if your child is worrying or anxious or they have a lot of anger, like there's specific books that you can get to help address those needs. I think those are great tips. So starting with books, and I'm definitely going to check out your books. I made a note to myself to like go look up kids' emotions books because I feel like sometimes as parents, one, I'm so busy, I forget. Two, I need those prompts to like start talking about it. Mm-hmm. One thing that I did do is I did buy an emotion, like, you know, it's like the what are you feeling chart that it's a magnet mm-hmm. and we put that on our fridge. And I found mm-hmm. that when I thought that, my kids could, because sometimes they can't articulate the feeling they're feeling. Exactly. So they would just go and like point to it with me and they'd be like, mm. and I'd be like, oh, okay, you're frustrated. Like, great. And it would give me so, like, I just loved having, I love still having that chart so they can better articulate to with words that they might not know yet. Um, right, right, like, right. Cool. And I think it's hard. Yeah, I mean, I think the parents don't know what to do to help their kids because you're right we're we're past that now we have figured it out and i think that sometimes we forget that we don't know right we don't know yeah we don't know what other what other tips oh so reading is first like what other tips yeah offer um i would try like things like because as i said like emotions are quite high and that plays a lot of like are they going to concentrate when they're sitting in there zoom class are they going to take in all the information so i think that's a really great place to begin um and then like emotional self-regulation so how do you when you're having a moment how do you uh get back and get centered um and like in our house we do like breathing techniques so it's not meditation it's not like i'm going to sit here and om for 20 minutes it's Mm -hmm. more like fun hands-on things so like we practice when we're not in a huge emotion. So it could be something like, oh, what's your favorite flower? Uh, it's a daffodil. Let's pretend to smell the flower. And then you take a big sniff in. And then, oh, there's the birthday candle. What do you do with a birthday candle? Do you blow it out? Or you could do things like blowing bubbles. You can even just pretend to blow bubbles or pretend to blow a balloon. Anything that has that breathing in and out. So like when my daughter is having a moment, I can say like, what's your favorite flower? You said it was a rose. Let's try some breathing and kind of like get her out of that moment using a bit of self-emotional regulation. And then I'm hoping that when she's not near, near me, it's a technique that she can use when she's having like you know, a big emotion. Yeah. Um, So I would, yeah, that's another like quick technique that you could do with your kids. Um, I have a five-year-old, so she's like my test tester. Like we do all my activities together and it's been a really lovely bonding experience between us because I never would have had this opportunity to work with her in this way because the beginning of the pandemic, as you know, like all your kids are home. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. I sort of try to see the silver lining and like made this an, an opportunity to connect with her. And we've had the best time together. Like she's obsessed with arts and crafts and doing her own activities now. And she's now like on her own doing things. So 
<clears throat> it's been great. And I have a 14 month old, I think, second child. Oh, wow. Over one, over one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I have a five year old girl right now, little um, preschooler. So um, yes. it's so nice to hear that, like, what you're doing. I definitely need to be, it's a great reminder to me that I need to be doing more of this, not just for them, but for the older ones too. Um, you just get, like, it's stuck in these pandemic days. You get into this, like, routine of being at home, and it's just. Mm-hmm sometimes you just forget that like they have emotions too right have a hard day and like they like you can they, you need to talk to them about it too mm-hmm. and I yeah. forget so it's a good this is a good reminder to me <laughs> yeah well for for everybody because it's like I said it's, it's hard we don't we don't remember that we didn't know back then yeah you know mm. so one thing I want to ask you though Cara um it, empathy do you think that's something that we have to teach them or do you think that somewhere from within it comes? I think there's both. I think it's nature and nurture. Sometimes that uh, empathy is more inherent in others. And it just mm-hmm. depends on like where they've come from and like how empathetic their parents are. Because I think children learn empathy from like what they see and what they Example. see is their parents and examples. So I think it comes from home to begin with but I think that like all social and emotional skills including empathy can be taught so that's like why I've created this these programs because I teach it in a, an explicit but fun way do you think um, every child can, way do you think that every child can learn it I mean do you think that every child is open to it I guess is what I'm wondering I think so yes okay especially the young children yeah, yeah. Is there a time when empathy cannot be? Is there like an age or something? Is it something we should, like, like I have a 16-year-old. He's very empathetic on his own. But I'm wondering, is that something that I can still work with him on if I see, if I, if I have a child who is not like that? Yeah, I would say relate it back to experience. So don't make it something that is uh, like not tangible for them. Make it, relate it back to them. So use it a real example from their own life. So like for little kids, for example, I use like who's like little dude goes to the vet. Who knows what a vet is? Well, do you go to the doctor? Well, little dude gets shots. Do you get a shot? How do you feel when you get a shot? Oh, it really hurts. Yeah, well, it really hurts for him too. So kind of like relating it to an experience that they understand so I think use yeah. So I think that yeah. I think still empathy can be taught, um, but again, I think it comes from like if they see it at home or they see it from their parents, mm. then like that will be a good precursor to having empathetic children. Mm. I love that. That's yeah. I think like tr- it's so true. Like living by example, having the kids mm-hmm. see you're doing, um, you being empathetic, they're in in turn they will model that. Exactly. And then ch- that's where, how children learn. They, they learn by what they see. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. tell us, what is your buy one, give one initiative? So Little Dude and I volunteered before the pandemic at ACS, which is the uh, Children's Services. So it's the place where children go to when they're not safe in their home. And it's like a place where they go either before they go to a foster family or they are re-entered back into their own family. And 
just experiencing and going there and having children myself, like they have children from zero old, like it could be a day old to, you know, 18 years old. So there's mm. a, like a large range of ages and just like going there. And I just, I, I couldn't imagine my own children there. You know what I mean? Like it, it just like, it, it really kind of broke my heart in a way, I guess mm -hmm. it was sure. just as it was very confronting. Like I go to a lot of different places that are very confronting that you, you know, you don't really think about it because you give so much love to your kids and give right. them so much. So and weird. Yeah. Like a whole lot of other children who just don't have safe environments or for whatever reason. Um, and then they didn't, ex you know, once the pandemic hit, they didn't accept anyone from the outside coming in, obviously, to do any outside programming. Mm -hmm. And I just saw what resources they have. They're doing like school from there. Usually they get like, go, they go to their normal schools. They just right. go there for the evenings and on the weekends. But because of all the school closures, especially for the young kids, like I saw the resources. I saw where they slept um, and what they had to play with and activities. So I started by doing Amazon wish lists. And then when I started, when I created the school in a box, which is all the activities you need for the hands-on curriculum that I created, um, I donated to them for their, for the, the teachers or the caregivers there to use with their children. Um, and we're about to do another drop-off for a church in the Bronx um, oh. in February. Nice. nice. Yeah. Car, and then, yeah, so, yeah. No, no, yeah. go ahead. Okay, and so, yeah, the buy one, give one. So you can buy a box for yourself and your own family or you can buy a box for um, children who nice. may not have the access to it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And speaking of that, why don't you tell our listeners where we can find more information about you and your projects? Sure. Uh, I'm at worldoflittledude.com. Uh -huh. And you can follow me on Instagram at World of Little Dude. And uh, uh, any questions that you have, please reach out. Happy to answer anything. We've got lots of advice and tips and books and lessons for children. Oh, wow. Thank you, Cara. I learned so much. It really uh, has. Yeah, thanks. And, and, and it's just such a good reminder to me and hopefully to all of our listeners who have parents or who are parents and are have young kids at home that like you know empathy and teaching kids kindness is so important, so important. We, mm -hmm. it's at home yes teachers can do it too but um just what you're doing is really inspiring so thank you oh i have another little tip i have another oh. little fun oh we'd love it okay. we'd love it okay so you know you get so many boxes of deliveries of things yes so you get a box tape it up get, ask your child to go around the, their house or their room and to collect Clothes, gently used toys, books, things that they no longer use but want to give away and kind of explain that we're going to go and give this away to people that don't have access to, um, you know, all the toys and books that they may have in their home. So it kind of gets them involved um, in the idea of like giving things away um, and, and, and you can, it's like, it can facilitate a conversation of there's a lot of children that go without um, yeah. And it's a it's a great way to facilitate that conversation, recycle the box. And um, I have a great place in New Jersey called the Kindness Closet that accepts a lot of donations Ooh. and they accept gently used items and they have 
an amazing place called the Kindness Closet. And they, yeah. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I just wrote this down the giveaway boxes because I do, my house gets a lot of deliveries. And what is yep. the idea to be like, each kid gets a box, load it yep. up, and then we're going to go take it. You know, we can donate it to a local community here. I love what exactly. Thank you. For exactly. That. Yeah. And thank you for being with us, especially I know it's early in the morning for yeah, you. That's okay. I appreciate and my kids it. didn't wake up. I'm so happy. All right. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Car, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Thanks. so great. Make sure to check Cara out. And um, listeners, thank you so much again for listening and tuning in. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.